Hey, hey, Shredding fans and listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Shredding for Gold podcast. Um, For those who do not know me, I am the host of this podcast and the star athlete, uh, Emily Trepanier. And so happy to have you here and listening to this podcast. This is episode seven of the Shredding for Gold podcast. If you would like to listen to this podcast or check out the website, check it out at www.wyexcuse.com slash shredding dash for dash gold. And we're also on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, so you feel free to ask your assistant to play the Shredding for Gold podcast. And hopefully your assistant will listen and play the podcast for you. Um, So yeah, this is episode seven of the Shredding for Gold podcast. Uh, And we have a uh, an exciting, we have an exciting episode um, for you, the listeners, to listen to. And before we get started, I uh, just wanted to let you know that soon we will be launching a website called shreddingforgold.com where you'll be able and where it'll give you another uh, platform to listen to the podcast and lots more information uh, on the podcast and hosts and just a whole bunch more information for you guys to check out and yeah so that's going to be launching soon so stay tuned for that uh exciting announcement once we um get everything set up on that website for you guys to check out uh, we plan on doing a bit of a launch watch party celebration sort of thing to launch that website once we've got everything a bit more set up on the website so yeah, stay tuned for that, and we'll be sure to let you all know when that happens. So, um, so episode seven on this podcast, we are flying back to the mountains, and we are going to chat with Hill Coach Isaac Rigby. Um, so for those of you who listened to past episodes, um, we interviewed Ethan Rigby, who happens to be Isaac Rigby's brother. So today we're gonna interview Isaac uh, on the podcast and very excited as usual to be interviewing um, someone here on the podcast and so that's what's going to happen for episode seven Um, so hope you you all enjoy let us know uh, what you're liking about the podcast leave us a review rate us that way we know what's what we what's going well and what we need to change so um but yeah, without any further ado, um, let's get started with episode seven, where we will be interviewing Isaac Rigby, who was my hill coach in Ontario. Let's listen in. Okay, welcome to the for Gold podcast. Uh, today I'm interviewing Isaac Rigby. Um, so Isaac, how is it going? It's going awesome. How are you doing, Emily? I'm good. Thank you for coming on to the Shining for Gold podcast. Very excited to be interviewing you. No worries. I'm excited to, to do the interview. I'm looking, I'm looking awesome. forward to it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get started. Question cool. number one. Who are you? Describe what you do and some of the interest for the listeners. And let's, for right now, let's just leave out the winter sports for right now. No so winter sports. 
no winter sports not yet oh wow okay <laughs> so, well i mean i can just a little yeah what i'm doing right now exactly um yeah so i'm a student at western university which is in little london ontario um which i mean i don't know if all your listeners know where that is so it's kind of about two hours outside of toronto um and i'm at western i'm doing a dual degree with health sciences and business at ivy there um so I kind of have a diverse range of interests when it comes to sports and, and all things athletic. I love I love doing that. Um, I've played you know football, hockey, soccer, everything. I, w- I won't say any winter sports. Don't worry, I'm like <laughs> winter. <laughs> you can I'll leave it at that. Just, you can mention them, but just don't don't say them fully. Okay, gotcha. So I've I've all, I've I've snowboarded, um, you know, hockey, soccer, football. You know, for years and years growing up, I love being active. I love working out. I love getting outside. Um, I played West football at Western, so that was a really exciting experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess that kind of gives an intro to, awesome. to some of my things. I don't know if there's anything else you want me to go a little bit more into. Um, no, that's really good for now. Cool. Um, so now we're going to get into your winter sports. Um, so how did you get interested in winter sports to begin with? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think honestly, when I was, when I was younger, we were always just on the go all the time. So when, you know, football and soccer ended in the winter and it was kind of just hockey, we were, we were like, okay, what's, what else can we be doing? Uh, so I think it was around when I was eight or nine is when I got into into the winter sports um, and I started actually skiing I think my first season but then really quickly we moved I know I know <laughs> really I started quickly. out as a skier too so yeah we all, we all, we all probably started most of us started as skiers right and then yeah. we realized we wanted to try something else maybe a little cooler so yeah <laughs> then I got into snowboarding um, and you know uh, yeah I, I snowboarded for you know, I've been snowboarding for a long time, probably like you know, yeah. 10 or 15 years at this point. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of just fell in love with that and and loved, you know, getting out to different mountains and being able to travel around and mm-hmm. have a sport that you can bring with you. Because a lot of the other, well, pretty much all the other sports I played, you need a team and right. you couldn't just do it all by yourself. But for this, you could go with your friends and kind of go whenever you wanted and for sure, um, yeah. explore all these different hills around uh, Ontario and parts of Canada and even outside of Canada mm-hmm. so I think that it was just really exciting to you know be able to do something active in the winter and right. get outside for sure and what were some of the, your favorite hills that you like to snowboard on oh that's, recently Let's say like yeah <laughs> I mean I'm I, I love going out west so you, I mean that in Ontario the hills don't really compare no. anything to that so no. I mean there, you you got it. Nice I guess still I got, in yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I appreciate Bowler for what it is. Sure. Oh yeah. Bowler bump, but yeah. when you compare that <laughs> to Sunshine or oh. Lake Louise or Whistler, it's um, it's like probably smaller than their Bunny Hills. So right. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So I mean, that's probably my my favorites that I've been. And I mean, there hasn't been much traveling in the last couple of years, but yeah. Um, you know, pandemic, yeah. Lake Louise and Sunshine are up there for me. I'd love to get out and do a couple more, um, nice. kind of further into Alberta, BC. There. That's cool. That's cool. I yeah. actually really wanted to try Sun, uh, 
Lake Lake Louise and Sun that Sun one. Sunshine. Sunshine, yeah. Yeah. I almost yeah, they're, actually they're awesome went hills. Yeah. I actually almost went there a few years ago for a race camp, but it ended up getting canceled, so Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they they're super nice. Um a lot of good backcountry stuff as well, going like some good tree runs, that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm really into that. Um, awesome. More so than the train park these days. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so, continuing with the theme of the winter sports, um, how did you get involved with the London Factory program? And how many years have you been involved with them? Well, you're testing my memory now. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, a quiz, remember, it's not a test. Right, it's a quiz. <laughs> so I probably got involved with track three in, I want to say, like grade 10 or 11. Okay. Um, so I, I, I actually, so maybe just a bit more context. I, I, after I had snowboarded for, a, you know, a couple of years and I turned 16, I went and did my Cassie level one snowboard instructing certificate so I could actually teach at Bowler. So that's. You know, when I was 16, so in high school, I started teaching lessons at Bowler. Um, and then through that, I got a couple more certifications, my level two, the park, can of snowboard. Um, and then I eventually we, we, my, we as in my brother and I came across track three, which is this awesome program in London where they, you know, you're essentially teaching snowboard, snowboarding and skiing to, um, you know, a whole bunch of different people that have different needs than you know the different the students you normally teach um mm-hmm. and they offer those lessons like so for example that's where i met emily right <laughs> that's <laughs> and we that's got where we met exactly um so yeah i kind of got involved just because i was teaching at bowler and we would always see um see the track three coats out there and you, know, you mm-hmm. kind of wonder okay what's going on there and how can i get involved because i thought it was an, an awesome program for sure that's amazing yeah, I'm super happy that you and your brother Ethan got involved with the mm-hmm. track three program. If you didn't, we wouldn't have known you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so if memory serves me right, um, you and Andrew, who is another one of my hill coaches for the listeners, just in case you didn't know who they were, um, you guys took part in a special visually impaired coaching certification a few years ago. Um, mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what you learned from that? I think that was actually Ethan that did that. Was that Ethan? Oh, yeah. oh apologies. <laughs> I <thought it> was <laughs> he showed us some of the stuff though. I know they were doing some really cool things out there. Okay. Um, well, because he did you... that. That was at West, I believe he did that. Okay. Cool. Um, I thought there was, was something at, in Maybe it was at Blue Mountain. I thought there was something in Ontario. I think I it might have been at Blue Mountain, actually. I know they were they were doing some really crazy things. Like they would, I mean, to simulate kind of how you go down the hill, right? They wanted them right. to have an appreciation for what a blind snowboarder would have to would have to experience going down. So they would put um, like socks or whatever in their in their goggles so they couldn't see. <laughs> so instead of just having them close their eyes, right, then they right. actually had to learn what it's like to trust the, the person right. listening be- to your ear, right? Right, because if you just like close your eyes, you have that temptation of potentially like opening your eyes. It's like something's really scary. Yes, you get a bump or something, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm just going to a little, but you <laughs> know, you can't bumps. always do that. No, definitely can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I know that was an, an awesome course, and I, I don't know if Ethan shared the 
information about that with you, but I'm sure you would if there's anyone interested. Yeah, because I honestly thought it was you that took the course. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Prior to being involved in the London Factory Program, had you taught or coached anyone with uh, varying needs before in, in any capacity? And if so, describe. I don't think I, I formally had taught anyone with very needs. Uh, I, I mean, especially on anything like snowboarding or skiing. Right. Um, right. That's kind of more extreme and risky, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I, I kind of, pro- I mean, at the same time as Track 3, I had been involved with um, some of the, the Forest City program at my high school, which okay. is for students with varying needs as well. Okay. Um, so I would I would go in and on my spares and kind of help out in those classes and help them with their schoolwork and things like that. That's cool. Uh, and that so was yeah, at your high school. We, sorry. That was at your high school. Yeah, that was at my high school. Um, so I I mean I definitely have have some experience I guess, but yeah. I mean you can't really compare it to yeah. like track three right where it's right you're like. I mean, in some senses, it's life and death, right? But yeah. <laughs> maybe not that extreme at Fuller. Uh, but there's, a, there's a much bigger level of trust and teaching, right? And communication. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereas as, as, as opposed to like a mentorship, it's more of a coaching, right? Right. Coaching right. and training. So, okay. um, yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Um, so going back to when you first started coaching me in snowboarding, what were your first initial thoughts when you found out you were going to be coaching a blind snowboarding athlete and have your thoughts changed throughout the years that you've coached me well my first thoughts were probably like i have no idea how we're gonna do this (laughs) (laughs) but i was also you know excited and kind of intrigued to to figure out how how you make it work right right because obviously like i mean i had heard of blind snowboards before but i had never really been aware of how how you actually get down the hill right like for example i had no idea that it was all through communication with the headsets right and your bells and everything like that there's just so many little different signals that you have to take advantage of right when you can't see where you're going on the hill yeah for sure so i think i mean as we kind of went along right obviously we we got more comfortable and we were able to to understand our communication between each other right and i i mean I think outside of even just teaching you, it helped me a lot with teaching other students as well, because you have to be creative out there, right? You can't, you can't always use the same approach that you're going to use to teach, you know, a four-year-old who's snowboarding for the first time, right? So it's, um, it it forces you to be creative and come up with new techniques and new approaches to doing things um, that you might not otherwise think of. So I think in that in that sense, it was really fun to kind of go through that process and put I mean push myself and push you uh, to become a better rider, right? For sure. Oh, that's good to hear that it's helped you keep that. Oh yeah. Out. I mean, even just in hopefully in my communication skills as well, right? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we we kind of learn that together as as you go. It's I mean, what are the right words you have to use? How soon do you gotta you have to say them? Right, because you don't want to send you into the forest. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's happened before, but the goal is not to have. It's all part of the experience, right? (laughs) All part of the adventure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But sure, that's awesome. 
Um, so you've touched on this a little bit already, but I want to go back to it again. Sure. Um, what are some differences between coaching a blind snowboarding athlete uh, versus an uh, an athlete with who can who, like an able-bodied athlete that you've discovered? You've touched on it a little bit already, but can you just um, describe a little bit more, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I guess like kind of as I alluded to, the major difference is the the approach that you're going to take to to coach them or or teach them, right? Right. Um, a, a lot of with with um, an able-bodied athlete, a lot of the times it's it's really easy just to do a visual demonstration where you go say, okay, like look what I'm gonna do, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you, like I'll explain it to you verbally, and then I'll go down and give a demonstration of the drill I want you to do, yeah. right? Whereas yeah. we had to be a bit more creative in our approach with really making sure our our words made sense when we were explaining something, right? Or if there's there's some other way to walk you through doing it, whether we did that on the snow at the bottom first. Um, and kind of guided you along with the, the feeling, right? Um, so I mean, yeah, it's, it kind of it kind of flips the whole approach that you learn through Cassie and everything on its head of it because um, <laughs> you're really you're really like you're you're really trying to make adjustments right. that that aren't necessarily something that most students would do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you are making changes. For example, if in your you know body position or something on your board, yeah. you have to be cognizant of how that's going to really affect things like balance, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if you if you if you change a little and you don't you kind of you get on a different part of the hill that you're not used to or something <laughs> like that, it can it can definitely throw you off. For sure, yeah. But I mean, I think it's also um, you know there's also some some benefits too, like for sure. It, oh yeah, definitely. Like I think it, it, like some students who. Um, who are able-bodied, you'll see the hill and get scared, right? Right. Um, or they'll they'll maybe overthink it. Whereas you, you, we have that trust, right? Or that, yeah. that trust between the coach and the. Um, I definitely wouldn't be able to see like the hill and the upcoming terrain, but I definitely mm-hmm. have to just like trust all of my coaches that they're going to tell me the correct information, so I know what's coming up. Then. Exactly. <laughs> so here you're kind of ready just to take on what comes, right? Yeah. So it's a bit more of the, the fearlessness, right, and the uh, the willingness to just tr- to, to trust the coach and to yeah um, to really try new things, right? Because I remember every, like we're always out there and we say Emily, try this, and you say okay, like you're you're always you're always very willing to try it, but yeah. sometimes other students can get scared to do that kind of stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, because they can mm-hmm. like see what's happening, right? But for mm-hmm. me, I can't. So. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, some of the other differences too are some of the really cool adaptive equipment that you get to use. Um, I know one one of the things that we used a bit was this, that snow wing, right? Oh, yeah. um, The snow wing, we used hula hoops, we used bells, all this different stuff to help really give a tactile demonstration of what what you want to feel on the snowboard. And I've, I mean, I've even taken some of that stuff and brought it back to the able-bodied students, right? Because... Yeah, that, I can see how that could be beneficial for some able-bodied students especially if they're like mm-hmm. just starting to learn right and it would I could see how that could help build their confidence and stuff so. mm-hmm, for sure and I mean just for people who don't know like the snowing and some of those different tools can help with different things like using your hips to initiate turns or uh, I, I guess for the bells you know hearing where people are <laughs> I, I haven't used those yet with another student but no um, like the snowing or the hula hoop that kind of helps with different things like balance as well, right? Right. Um, and getting um, a feel for how much edge you can use. Yeah. So I think those those tactile things are 
you know, maybe something that they don't use as much in regular snowboard lessons um, mm-hmm. that could have some some use. And I think it was okay. really cool to learn how to use those. And, yeah. you know, a lot of it was experimentation too. Like what works, yeah. what doesn't work? What yeah. do we think is going to be the most useful? And then let's try it out and go from yeah. there, right? <laughs> I don't think you were there in the very beginning when you tried out tethers on my snowboard. That was a disaster. Oh, I think I might have been. We might have tried that. <laughs> I, do, I do think I remember that. And you kind of, we just fell right over, right? Because it yeah. pulled your edge down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are more, it. those are better for skiers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then for our listeners, you want to learn more about some of that adaptive equipment. I actually did an uh, episode about adaptive equipment where I spoke to that a little bit. But I'll also add in a link because I just found a link of actually that describes a little bit more about the snowing and stuff that um, oh, cool. Isaac just mentioned. So I'll definitely add yeah, that I'll in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Okay, moving right along. Next question is: I often get asked what it's like to guide someone who's flying down a hill. So I'm curious, what is it like for you? I've asked this to a few of my co- like a few other hill coaches, and it's been really neat to hear their answers. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that is an interesting question. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, I guess it's kind of like I'm snowboarding through two different perspectives at the same time, right? Right. Because I'm I'm thinking like when we're when we're talking, right? I'm a, I'm usually behind. We have one in behind, one in front, right? Right. Um. But like I'm. I guess the perspective kind of how I think about it is, I mean, I'm snowboarding myself and making sure I'm not going to, you know, crash or (laughs) hit hit an ice patch or something. But then I'm also (laughs) looking and trying to envision myself in your perspective, right? Right. Um, When does she need to start her turn? Um, You know, what's coming up? Is there a drop coming up? Um, So it's, it's, it's kind of a bit of a multitasking, I guess, plus the- I was going to say, is it kind of like multitasking then? Yeah. But I think you get into a bit of that that flow state as well, where you're you're really focused, right? Right. Because you have to be aware of these different things, and I mean, hopefully we we can establish <laughs> we have that trust, right? But yeah. you don't want to break your trust completely. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I mean I think it's really kind of a, a a cool experience, right? And I mean I would encourage anyone that's interested to get involved with someone. There's something like track three where you yeah. have the opportunity to work with a, a blind rider maybe right yeah. to to check that out because um it's it's just a really cool experience and very very rewarding i would say to be able to to get, get down the hill together without you know get a couple dabs in at the end yes dabs. <laughs> um but you know make it down the hill and you fly down the hill um faster than me most of the time so <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> that's crazy mm-hmm but yeah, I mean, I think I I I don't know what else I would hit on there, but except for that, it's like a really really cool experience, right? That's cool. Um, it's and it, it makes it more of a team sport too, almost, which is right. fun, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you're working with not only the the blind athlete, but like the other coaches that are helping that athlete mm-hmm. as well too, right? So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um. What has been your top three favorite memories since you started coaching me? Oh, this is a fun one. I like hearing them. So, 
Sorry, can you say the first part of that again? What has been your top three favorite memories since you started coaching? Well, okay, <laughs> up there has got to be the dab. Yeah, I have to add the dab. Emily, Emily has become an expert dabber. <laughs> like to, um, when you get to the bottom part of the hill, she starts just dabbing left and right. <laughs> Get a little extra speed at the end. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's kind of neat how it makes you more like faster in the bottom of the hill. It's, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, okay, so I mean that that's that's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, one of my other favorite memories, maybe it's not a specific memory, is just what watching how how much you've improved over the last couple of years. I mean, seeing you go from bowler all the like and now being able to go out eat at west no problem right um how much more comfortable you've gotten going on black diamond runs right and <laughs> getting through tighter turns uh, yeah. through the race course setups right yeah and having better control of your edges right yes um i think that's that's been really exciting for me and then um i think another one is just being a part of the track three environment too yeah Right, because I mean that's that's almost a whole community in of itself, yeah. and things going for our hot chocolates. We have our breaks and mm-hmm. spend some time with Darlene and everyone. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's always a fun time. That is always a fun time. Darling is always filled with kisses when we come in. Yes, I think she really likes the snow too. So I think she's tried to like keep the snow off of my my boots and stuff before. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll have to get Darling on the snowboard at some point, too, and try and do a doggy snowboard. There you go. <laughs> that could be interesting. She's doing stand-up paddleboarding now, so I mean, it's similar, sort of. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I mean, we're halfway there, then. Right? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, what have you learned from coaching a blind snowboarding athlete or another person with varying um, abilities? Um, I think, uh, I think one of the, the, I mean, the big learnings I've had, or at least realizations, right, is mm-hmm. that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to limit what people can do, right? Because, I mean, it, at first thought, you're like, well, well, if someone's blind, they're probably gonna have trouble snowboarding, right? Like, how are they gonna yeah. see the hill? But For I don't sure. think, you, you, I don't think people should be thinking like that because it, right. it really is possible and you can excel at it, actually. Um, because I mean look at you now you're better than a lot of snowboarders I know right (laughs) so I mean just to be open a lot of hard work well a lot of hard work right but I mean with anything that you want to you want to practice and get better at you need to put in hard work and uh, I mean anyone who wants to get good at snowboarding needs to put in put in a lot of hard hard work yeah exactly so I mean I think I think it's just don't limit yourself to what people think or think is or isn't possible Um, awesome yeah. Awesome. Um, in your opinion, um, what are some ways snowboarders can train during the off season when they can't be on snow? Um, and do you have any favorite training activities that you like to do in the off season? Oh. Well, I know what you like to do. For me, <laughs> for me, I mean, growing up, I was always in other sports, as I kind of mentioned, right? So, I mean, right. in a sense, I think doing other activities is a, is a form of cross training, right? Keeping your cardio sure. up. Yeah, um, definitely. I think a good one is weight training as well, and that's what I'm yeah. doing a lot more nowadays. That's now great. that I'm out of my youth sports days a bit, but right. um, I think staying active in the gym, keeping your legs strong, because snowboarding, I mean, especially when you get up in the big mountains, is really hard yeah. on your legs. 
it's, it's really it's hard on your legs and really hard on your feet too exactly so right so, now we're doing a lot of like work on my feet to make sure they're strong enough to make sure like i can get through the winter and everything so yeah that's great because yeah. i mean your your feet are tensed up right and your yeah your legs are tensed and and flexing and working that yeah. whole time so you get a lot of lactic acid build up so I, yeah i mean anything you can do in the gym and yeah. you know either running or weightlifting squats get your legs going yeah um it's all gonna help you for sure awesome and then last question for you um what is your hope for the future of hair snowboarding oh i think i think my hope is that it's gonna continue to involve can you continue to evolve into um, you know, an Olympic sport and something that a lot more people are taking part in, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's awesome that snowboarders like you have kind of pushed the boundaries a bit in what people realize is possible and will expect from that sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people tend to go towards skiing, but I think yeah. opening the door to snowboarding is another really exciting thing that gives, you know, pair of snow, snowboarders or blind snowboarders an exciting opportunity to try something sure. new. Yeah. Um, because I mean, maybe they they like end up liking snowboarding better, right? Yeah, and I mean, maybe they like snowboarding, and I guess that's okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, giving guess. them the opportunity, right, and to continue to see places like Track Three, yeah. um, and other programs that are similar, mm-hmm. you know, open up at different hills and provide those opportunities. And I'd like to see also the creation of you know some more clubs and teams that are helping mm-hmm. athletes like you, right, that are more competitive and really trying to push the limits, right? Yeah, um, I recently heard that they, um, CADS and Canada Snowboard, they're starting up a program to help with uh, snowboarders across Canada. So that was really exciting to hear that. Um, that's definitely huge for the the sport of um, para snowboarding. So that was awesome. really exciting to hear. So it's a very yeah, that's, exciting that's time for the exciting. sport of para snowboarding. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it has, I mean, there's a lot of potential, right? Definitely. Um, uh, a lot of room to grow. For sure. Awesome. Um, any final thoughts, Isaac, before we end this off? Oh, let's see. Anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I have any, any other f- final thoughts in particular, other than, um, I just hope that your season out west, because I mean, this is, I guess it's kind of one of our first seasons that we're not going to get to snowboard together um, yeah. since COVID, right? And you moved yeah. out there. So I, I hope that you're, you're going to have an awesome season out there. And I'm sure you have some great coaches out there that are going to take good care of you and bring you up to the next level on those yeah. bigger hills. Um, and hopefully I'll, you know, I, I'll get out with Ethan and we can come up and uh, go for that'd some That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing. Anytime you guys can come up, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah, and it's going to be an exciting year. I just um, finished um, getting all registered for the race team for this upcoming winter. So got to meet oh, the race director and then I'll get to meet my um, permanent coaches uh, soon. So that's amazing. sounds like I'm going to have a few things. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> all right, Isaac. Thank you so much for coming on to the Shredding for Gold podcast. It was awesome interviewing you and catching up with you and we will talk again soon and we'll shred it up soon again. And For don't sure. worry, I will keep working on my dad. I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Emily. It's good chatting.